All right, good evening, everybody. So, uh, did everyone get their uh, testimony finished written? Uh, finished written. Wow, that is very bad English. Has everyone finished writing their testimony from last week? Well, neither have I. So, just wanted to uh, bring that up as a reminder. If you still got that paper, uh, I think I have a couple extras down here if you need a, need a new one. Just encourage you to get that uh, finished written. And there's actually cool little tools um, that, well, okay, as an IT guy, I think they're cool tools. There's this app called Microsoft Lens that you can get for Android or iOS that you can scan written paper and it will like transcribe it for you. Um, so just as a little plug on that, uh, so you, I, I, well, uh, I haven't tried in every, any, but everybody's writing, so. But at least it would be, it gets you to a place where it's somewhat digitized. Um, but. That, that, wouldn't, that would tell you how good the tool is, to be able to scan a doctor's uh, handwriting. But just wanted to encourage you, you finish writing your testimony, and if you do want to get it printed, let me know. We can get that formatted and figured out and uh, get it printed for you and have it here as a resource for church. But um, that's not what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 3. John uh, chapter 3. Uh, tonight we are going to on an embark, embark on a study that I'm entitling, Where Should I Look? Where Should I Look? Uh, going over some specific topics we may face while evangelizing people, and then, uh, or opportunities that you have. I was thinking about that, that verse in 1 Peter that we have went over a bunch when we did the uh, apologetics course, 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And the answers that we should have should be coming from the Word of God. And we need to know where in the Word of God to point people or where we need uh, to get direction on answering people's questions. So that's my goal with this study. Um, I don't know. There's many topics we can go over. I'm going to try to mainly focus on evangelism, at least as in the beginning. But there are many topics that um, you might get, someone might ask you about, uh, that the Bible has an answer about but you may not know where to look. Um, so that's my goal with this. Uh, if there is a specific subject that you're wondering about um, and you want it uh, talked about, let me know, and I'll put it on my list. I have four or five topics already that I have for the next couple of weeks, but if there's something specific you want to know more about, uh, let me know, and I can put that in the list for something we can study through. But um, does anyone know what ChatGPT is? Have you, has anyone heard of ChatGPT? Artificial intelligence. Well, it's basically a digest. They, they 
they basically told it to scan the whole internet and it like digests all the stuff, all the known information on the internet. So I, uh, I asked uh, ChatGPT for a funny rephrasing of the title I gave, Where Should I Look? Um, but I didn't think Where Ought I Gaze was an appropriate uh, title. So we're just going to stick with Where Should I Look? That, uh, that'll make a little bit more sense. But I, I thought that was kind of humorous. But um, my goal with this, or uh, with specifically tonight, my goal is, tonight is to give you a passage of Scripture and some thoughts from this particular passage on how to deal with a religious lost person who is seeking salvation. And that'll be my goal with all the other topics that we have. Um, uh, maybe a specific passage of Scripture or several different verses uh, that you can memorize or just have as in your back pocket as, okay, if I face this situation, what does the Bible have to say about this? Where can I go in the Bible to point the person or myself to what the Bible says about it? Um, but tonight, specifically, how to deal with a religious lost person who is seeking salvation. Last week, I alluded to this story, but tonight I will add some more details. Uh, I don't remember the year. Uh, it was either 2011 or 2012, the year that Tim and I were at Camp Nile as uh, counselors for teen camp, and after one of that one of the evening services, I believe it was a Tuesday night, um, we were walking back to our cabins from uh, the evening service to get ready for the next uh, or the final activity of the night before going to bed. When one of the young men that was in my cabin came up to me, and he had a very somber face, like and he, there's something going on, and he asked if we could talk. So I grabbed my Bible, and we went to a bench and talked for a couple of minutes. Um, he was clearly under conviction that he needed to be saved. But I really didn't know what to say or where to point him in the Bible. I had heard other people say that they were pointed to 1 John chapter 1 when they were being dealt with, so I told him to read that. But he said he was ready to, pe ready to pray. Well, in hindsight, I really don't think he was was uh, ready to get saved at that moment. Now he did make uh, he did pray and said what was a convincing sounding prayer, and I thought he got saved. Well, after camp, I had the opportunity to do a follow up Bible study with him, and I don't remember if he did this or not, but I think he even got baptized. But his life now doesn't show any fruit that he truly did get saved. His family eventually left the church, and they're all a mess. Um, when I was putting the notes together, I think Monday night, I looked him up on Facebook, and I, didn't, I hardly recognized him. He's all tattooed up, has long hair, has these big earrings, and I think he's... Uh, a barber, like a stylish barber, like he had pictures of him cutting people hair, uh, cutting people's hair, and it was like, and not like a regular barber, like the worldly, very worldly type of uh, the new styles of hair that, yeah, whatever. I'm not gonna get into all that, but 
he's clearly not living a godly lifestyle. Now, of course, that night I didn't know his heart and what the Lord was actually dealing uh, with him on. Um, but now I really wish to have known where I could have pointed him in God's word uh, that night. And maybe uh, there would be a different outcome in his life. I don't know. And it's in the Lord's hands, but I just remember that feeling of like, I'm a camp counselor. I don't know where to counsel him from. I don't know where in the Bible to go through um, to point him to salvation. Of course, I knew how I had gotten saved and all the stuff I've heard, but in that moment, you really want to point someone to God's word. This is what God says. So when thinking about that story and how we can deal with a religious person, I mean, this young man had been coming to church for many years. Like he, I mean, I think Tim knows who I'm, well, at least in the family that I'm talking about. And like, they were very strict in their family. And like the boys were always, uh, they followed the law, and they always dressed really nice, and every Sunday morning, the girls were all put together, and now they're gone. Like, his older brother had a major accident, like, broke his back, and uh, it was, I believe, because he had a, he was drinking and had an accident. So it's, it's just, it was really sad. Um, I had the boys on my basketball team, and yeah, but... Um, well, thinking all about that, the Lord brought to my attention John chapter 3. Um, and uh, who better than Jesus to give us an example of how to deal with someone religious who is seeking? So I'm going to read uh, John chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 21 to get the full story and the full context. Then I have three specific points, short points to go along with what Jesus says here in this passage. Um, and I just hope to leave you with some thoughts from this passage and just, okay, if I'm in the situation of dealing with a religious-seeking person, I can follow the pattern that Jesus lays out here in John chapter 3 and point them uh, to Christ. So John chapter 3, verse 1 says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I had told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth, true, doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So, as I was going through this passage and thinking about it, I was out mowing the lawn last night, and like I kept replaying those 21 verses uh, in my mind, just or in my ear, just to try to absorb it, and um, just came up with three different things that Jesus does in this passage that can be a principle or an example to us. I'm sure there's other things we could pull out of this passage, but the three things we're going to look at tonight is how Jesus starts with the need of being born again. Jesus asks questions, and then Jesus goes into the gospel. So um, in verses 1 through 8, we see, of course, Nicodemus uh, comes to Jesus by night because he was afraid of what the other religious people might think. But um, it's interesting in reading verse 2, it, like, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do miracles that thou doest except God be with him. It wasn't just Nicodemus that was thinking this. It was at least one other person, um, most likely a lot more other, pe- a lot of other people. And we'll see. Um, well, we're not going to get into it fully, but uh, John chapter seven, um, we see uh, Nicodemus again. Um, just the reasoning that the uh, scribes and the Pharisees were doing at that point, right before they were going to uh, arrest Jesus. But uh, at least in this case, Nicodemus swallowed enough of his pride to come to Jesus. And of course, yes, it's at night um, that he comes to Jesus. But that was his opening statement. But then Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter. Like Nicodemus makes his opening statement, verse 3. Jesus goes right into his need to be born again. Jesus explains to Nicodemus that you can't understand spiritual truth without being born again. We see that in a couple of the verses following. But the first thing that Jesus did is point out his need to be born again and explain what that was. Nicodemus, he was religious. He knew the law inside and out. But Nicodemus needed to be changed. He needed to be changed by being born again. And just 
like us, if we're dealing with someone who's religious but lost, they need to be born again. Now, um, Jesus will explain later exactly how that's done and when he gets into the gospel, but he, gets, he starts right with the point, you need to be born again, you need to be changed. And then um, we see a couple, we see their dialogue back and forth. Um, Jesus talking about except the man being born of water, which of course is being born physically, uh, because as the ladies know, the, baby come, the water comes out before the baby comes out. Born of water and then of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we see that back and forth between Jesus and Nicodemus. And then verses 9 through 12, we see some questions going back and forth. Uh, Nicodemus asks questions of Jesus about being born again, asking about some clarification. Well, then Jesus comes back with a question himself. He asks Nicodemus questions about him and his background. Of course, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was supposed to know the law. Um, verse 10, Jesus says, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? A master of Israel, I mean... They know the law. That, that was their job. That's what they studied from a very young age. I mean, you see about um, Paul being brought up at the feet of Gamaliel like he was a small child, a young child, when he would have been uh, trained that way and would have been the same case with Nicodemus being a master of Israel. Um, but we see in Jesus' life and in the Gospels that he was a master of asking questions. Uh, if we study his other encounters with people, he always asks them questions. In this instance, of course, Jesus knew who Nicodemus was and his background, but he still asked him questions. We need to ask questions of the person we are dealing with to understand where they're coming from and what they understand. Uh, of course, Hindsight is 2020, but I'm thinking about the young man I was dealing with. Like, okay, what kind of questions could I have asked him? What's the Lord dealing with in your heart? What What are you thinking? And like, you know, some of the stuff we talked about writing our personal testimony track, the stuff you were thinking before you got saved. Like, we need to ask questions to understand where this person's at um, to see. Okay, is the Lord actually dealing with their heart and things like that? Um, we talked about that verse. No one can come, I'm paraphrasing, but come unto Jesus, let the Father draw him. So we need to ask questions to understand where this person is. Um, and then the rest, um, rest of these verses, I'm just going to lump into this last section, verses 13 to 21, how Jesus goes into the gospel. Um, no matter where a person is coming from or what they understand, there is that need to understand and believe the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that he died for our sins, according to the scriptures, so we can be saved. And then Jesus goes into these, um, in, in these, in these verses. He explains how the Son of Man himself came from heaven, and how he's going to be lifted up like the serpent in the wilderness, which, of course, was something that Nicodemus would uh, identify with. Um, and in our instance, think about a, a way that you've learned about that person to see if there are things you can relate the gospel to in their life, comparisons. And then 
course, Jesus emphasizes believing several times and then brings into uh, the need of repentance from sin. Uh, and this passage is the most, one of the most well-known verses in the Bible, John 3.16. But there is more that Jesus said after that verse. Um, I mean, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, then in verses 17 through 21, he explains the need why someone needs to believe. If you just stop right there at verse uh, verse 16, you're not getting to the point of that repentance, that that change. Why, why do I need to believe? Yeah, okay, have everlasting life is great, but there's a reason why we need to believe. There's a reason why we need to be saved. Um, these verses, verses 17 through 21, uh, go into how condemned we are, how, and then how, as condemned men, we hide from the light. But those that believe, you have to come to that point of letting that light shine in your life to show how your deeds need to be reproved. I mean, he talks about um, verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. To truly believe, come to that point of belief, you have to let that light expose your sin, expose where you are at, because there's, there has to be a change. We need, we need to have a change. Uh, going from... We're talking with Anna, going from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Uh, they were talking about the example of how Anna is walking across the balance beam saying, I'm going from the dark kingdom to the light kingdom. As pastor was talking about in Bible school, there has to be that point of realizing you need to go turn repentance, having that change of mind. And that's what Jesus is talking about in these verses. We need to let that light of, that, of the gospel, the glorious gospel, to shine in our hearts. And that's uh, in another passage that uh, uh, that verse is. But when I was studying this last night and just keep on thinking this through, uh, hearing these verses over and over again, it's like we can't stop at verse 16. Got to look at verses 17 through 21. So um, when you're dealing with a religious lost person, Yes, we need to point out their need for to be born again. We need to ask questions. We need to explain the gospel, but need to have this emphasis of there has to be a change of saying that you're lost, your deeds are evil, we need that light to shine. And really thinking about that young man I was dealing with, he never had this point. He believed but he didn't repent. And there, there has, you have to have, um, I mean, the devils believe and tremble. But if you don't have that point of repentance, that point of change, a change of mind, you're not, you're not going to be saved. And that's what I believe he's talking about here in this passage. So we give the gospel. We need to believe but you need to have that point of change, that point of repentance. 
And I believe that's what Jesus is telling us here in this passage. And we see, we have evidence that Nicodemus was actually born again after this encounter. Um, As I alluded to before in John chapter 7, we see him defending Jesus before the chief priests and Pharisees. And then after Jesus died in John chapter 19, we see that Nicodemus brought about, uh, it said, a hundred pounds worth of a mixture of myrrh and aloes for burying uh, the burying of Jesus's body. And I mean, that's that was some expensive stuff. There was there is evidence that there was a change that Nicodemus allowed that light to shine. He had that change. He repented and believed the gospel. So, um, no, I've been a little scatterbrained tonight, but I just want to bring it down to this this point. There, there are many more things we could learn about in this passage, so I encourage you to study this passage out further. But in taking the example of Jesus to deal with a religious person, we need to emphasize the need of being born again. We need to ask questions, and we need to give the gospel, stressing the need for repentance of sin. Let's close in a word of prayer tonight. Father, we just thank you for your word and how it has the answers for for everything that we're going to face. Um, just thank you for uh, your example here in this passage, how you dealt with Nicodemus. I just pray that we can uh, just use this and use your example uh, to be able to point other people to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.